When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome in to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 28th. I am Michael Beller. This is actually, believe it or not, our final Tuesday episode of this 2021 fantasy football season. So we are definitely going to make it count for those of you headed into your fantasy football championship games. As you all know, if you've been joining us all season long, Tuesday is Beat Writer Day on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got a bunch of good beat writers coming your way to help you get those championship lineups right with their on-the-ground knowledge. And we start out in Philadelphia and Bo Wolf, our Eagles beat writer here at The Athletic. Bo, thanks for being with us on the Fantasy Football Pod. Thank you for having me, Michael. Uh, This is a team whose backfield we've talked about quite a bit this season. Really, you go all the way back to the summer when we were debating the uh, draft position of Miles Sanders and what it is and what it should be. And then uh, he's had his ebbs and flows and injuries this season, dealing with another one right now, the broken hand. Jordan Howard's been in and out. Boston Scott has been in and out. Jordan Howard could be in, could be out this week 17. It's been crazy in this backfield all season long. We know no Miles Sanders. What can you tell us here early in the week about the way the rest of this backfield is looking like it's going to shake out on Sunday. Yeah, so as you said, Miles Sanders is out. He's not going to go on injured reserve. The Eagles are hoping he comes back, but he will be out this week. Uh, And that leaves Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. Now, Jordan Howard left Sunday's game against the Giants with a stinger and did not return. And Nick Sirianni said on Monday that the Eagles are hopeful that he will play this week. Now, uh, to me, just purely speculative, that, that sounds like it's like a a borderline stretch for him to play. Mm-hmm. I think I think everything projects that this is going to be a Boston Scott heavy game. And then obviously Kenny Gainwell is in the mix. You know, he, he his playing time has been weird this season. You know, he was like the number 2 running back for the first 5 weeks of the season or so until Miles Sanders went down and then when Miles Sanders went down, Gainwell sort of disappeared. He was he had been the third down running back and then they leaned on Jordan Howard and, and Boston Scott from there. And Gainwell, I think there are some trust issues. You know, he fumbled the opening kickoff return of the game last week. I think the Eagles are, uh, you know, with this game being like there's a chance they could clinch a playoff spot if they win this game on Sunday. I I think they're going to be leaning on Boston Scott, who has been a guy who, uh, you know, has been sort of break glass in case of emergency Mm -hmm. for the Eagles over the course of the past three seasons. And I think they are ready to sort of break that glass uh, this this weekend. Yeah, Week 17 shaping up to be a funny one in the fantasy world and really um, indicative of what this 2021 season has been when you're talking about guys like Boston Scott and Ronald Jones being no doubt about it fantasy starters for fantasy championship game matchups. That's just what we've been dealing with all season. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been a no doubt about it starter for the balance of the season, really for the entire season. It's largely because of what he does with 
with his legs. We didn't see that last week uh, for the Eagles, just two carries and seven yards. Uh, did end up having a fine game uh, in that second half, 199 yards passing and two touchdowns. He ended that uh, win over the Giants with. Uh, but just you know, looking at what he did as a runner last week, I mean, is this purely anomalous uh, with the two carries for seven yards, and can we expect him to get back to the usual Jalen Hurts that we're used to seeing on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. And I think this is one of the biggest uh, sort of concerns about the Eagles heading into these last two games and potentially into the postseason is, you know, Hertz was dealing with that that ankle injury that mm-hmm. cost him one game. And then the Eagles had a bye. You know, it was reported that it was like a high ankle sprain. He said it was like an element of a high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. not a full high ankle sprain. I'm not a doctor, uh, so I can't tell you what that means. But even even the week before, in the win over Washington, he wasn't running with quite the same abandon that he had um, throughout most of the season. And that that is both in terms of scrambles and in terms of the Eagles leaning on him as a part of the you know planned rushing game. His two runs last week against the Giants were both uh, planned runs. He didn't scramble a single time in that game. And it, it, it sort of looked to me like he was a little bit unsure in the pocket. He was a little bit jittery. And times when he would have run before... Uh, he didn't run in that game. Now, I don't know if this is something that is being uh, told to him. Uh, you know, the the coaches are saying we want to make sure that your ankle gets right for the end of the season. Try not to run so much or whether it is sort of a pain threshold thing. And, you know, I my my understanding is the further he gets removed from that injury, the the better it's going to get. But but uh, he's also running on it. He's also playing on it. So um, I, I am not sure what to expect from him as a runner. In, in this game against Washington, my assumption is that he's going to run more than he did last week. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't he can't really run less than he did. <laughs> but I think it's a real uh, up in the air situation. And, you know, it depends on, I guess, what your other options are at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, definitely does. But uh, the way he's played, I think most uh, most fantasy managers definitely going to want to trust him the way that they have and have been sure. able to with good reason all season long. Uh, you know very well the Eagles obviously have been really living in their division since Thanksgiving. Uh, the back-loaded division schedule for this team included a Week 15 game against the Washington football team, who they now turn right. around and play here in Week 17. Uh, do you expect any lasting influence from that Week 15 game to carry over into this one? Yeah, I mean, you have to remember that that was such a, a weird game to begin with. It was that game that was pushed back to Tuesday, postponed from Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. two days, and Washington was without Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen. They played Garrett Gilbert, so it was such uh, it was such a, an anomalous game that I feel like there's not too much carryover. Um, but I think like if you're an Eagles fan, you're conditioned to be worried that Washington got blown out so badly by Dallas on Sunday night that there that there's going to be some kind of like rubber band effect where they uh they, they come back all the way but I think uh it's it's always weird to be playing a team twice in three weeks uh I'm sure there will be some wrinkles but that was such an odd game that it's hard for it to to think it carries over too much anything that you expect to be like totally different then from what uh from what we saw in that game compared with what we're going to get on Sunday at least from the Eagles perspective well, that was a that was a huge Dallas Goddard game. Yeah. Um. And so I I, I would guess that if I had to make uh some kind of adjustment uh prediction, it would be that Washington's going to focus a little bit more energy on stopping Dallas Goddard, and maybe that means it's a it's a Devonte Smith game 
for the Eagles. Devontae Smith had had a bit of a lull of productivity until last week against the Giants when he had, I think, five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if, if I were to guess, like those are always the top two guys in the Eagles passing game, and you're sort of wondering, is it going to be a Goddard game or is it going to be a Devontae game? If I had to guess this week, I would think it's going to be a Devontae game. Yeah, two weeks in a row was a Dallas Goddard game with the two games going north of 100 yards, and then last week right. against the Giants, it certainly was Devontae Smith getting back. We know Jalen Hurts and Boston Scott going to have huge, huge roles for the Eagles in this one in Week 17. That makes them big guys in the fantasy world as well. That's Bo Wolf, Eagles beat writer here at The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at Bo underscore Wolf, W-W-U-L-F, excuse me. And of course, Eagles friends or Eagles fans, I am sure that you already know this, but if somehow you don't, Check out Birds with Friends, one of the most popular team-focused podcasts that we have at The Athletic with Bo and Zach Berman. Bo, thanks again for being with us on the Fantasy Football Pod. Thank you, Michael. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we move along on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast to the Cincinnati Bengals and Jay Morrison, our Bengals beat writer at the Athletic. Jay, thanks again for being with us on the Fantasy Pod. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Oh, man, this should be a great fantasy game, at least we're hoping it is this week. A huge real-life game, too, between the Bengals and the Chiefs, and certainly those of us invested in this Bengals offense are hoping a little bit of last week can carry over. Holy offensive explosion from the Bengals against that banged-up Ravens defense. Joe Burrow going for 525 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, was it was it as simple as them just taking advantage of a really depleted defense and hitting an A++ sort of game, or was there something else at play here? Yeah, I think that's what it was. They The, the Ravens were pretty powerless to stop them. I actually thought that we might see them go more conservative and, and kind of figure that Josh Johnson wasn't going to be able to beat them and, and you know, why take any chances uh, just pound Joe Mixon and, and kind of control the game. And uh, that that was not at all the way it played <laughs> out. I mean, they came out attacking right from the get-go. And I think, you know, they there there was a little bit of a personal vendetta there. They, they were un, unhappy with uh, some of the, the way that Wink Martindale, the, the Ravens defensive coordinator, zero blitzed them last year uh, in a 27 nothing game. So there, that was part of it. And part of it is they watched – Ravens games all year where this team just never seems to die. All they mm-hmm. do is play close games. It looked like Green Bay had them, and then that one comes down to the wire. And they just 
they were not going to let that happen. They were going to keep their foot on the gas. And like I said earlier, when I started this, that the Ravens were just powerless to stop it. They, they, the Bengals have a great wide receiver core and the Ravens are so depleted on that secondary. They just, they, they couldn't do anything to slow them down. Yeah, this was something that you and I have talked about a couple of times now. I was very bullish from a fantasy perspective on this passing game coming into the season. And I, I don't know, on like a per attempt basis, I think they've been there. It's just the attempt number wasn't quite what we expected it to be way back in August, but we really saw the bow ideal right from this team uh, in week, what was that, God, week 16 uh, with Jamar Chase having the 120 whatever game he had. Uh, T. Higgins, obviously, the monster game in terms of everything receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And then Tyler. Boyd hitting a big play and contributing also again is that I mean is this a unique circumstance to the matchup they had last week or is there something here they can apply to the Chiefs um I I think they want to apply it that was really the first game where you saw them get all four of those guys going it seems like one one or two guys will be kind of a forgotten guy on a given Sunday and they ride the hot hand and the whole off season, they were they all talked about the 4K offense, where a thousand yards rushing for Mixon, a thousand receiving for Higgins, Chase, and Boyd. And you're like, yeah, that's nice, but that's not the way it normally plays out. They've got a real chance to do that. Higgins has his thousand, Chase has his thousand, Mixon has his. Tyler Boyd's sitting at 792. If he can get 208 over the final two weeks, they do it. It would be only the the third team in NFL history to have 3,000 yard rusher or receivers and a thousand yard passer. I'm sorry, thousand yard rusher. I'm getting all tripped up here. <laughs> Um, but that that is, I think that's kind of the ideal way they want to attack teams moving forward is the, the whole pick your poison element. It's not so much game to game and game plan to game plan as it is play to play. Mm-hmm. And, and Joe, Joe Burrow has gotten so good at anticipating what defenses are going to do. And an, a, the other element that really kind of plays into this is is that offensive line is still not great. And, and Burrow's been sacked 47 times this year. That's a, that's a Bengals record for a quarterback. And where he really excels now is his pocket presence and, and, and staying in and taking hits when he needs to and knowing when he needs to get out. And when he gets out of the pocket and makes plays on the run, he is so good at the unscripted thing because Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, was talking about this where he just understands angles and and knows where the direction these guys are going to go and and how to deliver the ball to best get it there and and when you're doing that when you're when you're moving around in the pocket and kind of making things happen on the fly you you don't have a favorite guy Mm -hmm. it's whoever you find because it's not progressions you're going through you're looking for someone to break daylight and, and I think a lot of the spreading the ball is coming from that just the off script stuff where it's it's whoever's open is going to get the ball. Yeah, we definitely saw that in a big, big way against the Ravens last week. But uh, yeah, it was an explosion for this team that we just haven't typically seen. You go back just one week before that, fifteen points against the Bengal or against the uh, against the Broncos. The week before that, the twenty three points they put up in the loss to the 49ers in that game going into overtime. Twenty two points in a loss to the Chargers back in week thirteen. So the forty one was definitely something that we welcomed last week. We had that same number back in week twelve against the Steelers. Something we hope carries over to what could be another high scoring game this week against the. Chiefs. Uh, But I want to talk about Joe Mixon for a second before we do get into that Chiefs game. 
the volume has been there for him every single week this season. Or every, yeah, every single week this season, Jay. Just bankable volume week in and week out. The efficiency hasn't necessarily always been there on a per-touch basis. And we did see him get involved as a receiver in a big way in that win over the Ravens. Caught all six of his targets for 70 yards and a touchdown. Can we see some carryover there for uh, Mixon as a receiver as a way to get him maybe more bang for his touch buck? Um. I'm not sure. I think the volume's going to be there as a rusher. Uh, you got to remember 52 of those yards that he had receiving against right. the Ravens was the first play after the two minute warning, mm-hmm. a third and eight. And it was another one of those off script plays where he saw Joe going down the, the sideline and got the ball to him. Um, Samaj P. Ryan is really more of their receiving back. They do throw to Joe Mixon. He's, he's had a decent amount of targets this year, but he's, He's the guy that he's going to carry this team as the rusher, and and I think you are going to see more of that this week because there's there's two schools of thought. It's let's go out and put Joe Burrow in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. I think as fun as that would be, that may not be the ideal way to win the game. I think they're better off riding Joe Mixon and trying to eat that clock and keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible. And it, it really – it, I mean, Mixon has 16 touchdowns this year. He's one shy of Carl Pickens' team record. He's finding a way to, to get into the end zone, whether it be as a receiver in the red zone or as a rusher. Um, I if it's a if you're talking PPR and, and can you get a lot of bang for the buck with Mixon as a receiver, I'm I'm not sure we're going to see what we saw last week. I, I think any damage he does is is going to be on the ground, but I do think he's going to have a high volume of carries this week. Yeah, definitely uh, something that could come into a big, big way for this team against the Chiefs. And again, it's one of the marquee games of the week. The Chiefs are uh, comfortable favorites, actually, Jay, in Cincinnati in this one. Five and a half point favorites right now on BetMGM. 49 and a half is the total in this one. A big game on both sides. Chiefs can clinch uh, AFC number one overall seed. Bengals can take a huge step toward winning the division and perhaps clinch a division uh, for uh, for this team. So big, big game on both sides. What are your expectations for this matchup? Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, a shootout. I where the Bengals are good is on defense is in the run defense, and that's not the way Kansas City operates. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> they're they're gonna. I don't. They don't want it to be a shootout, but I, I think if they're gonna win the game, that that is probably the way it's going to be. They may try to, to to keep it down early, but we we've seen the the one other thing that Joe Burrow is so good at is learning on the fly, and that's why this team has been so much better in the second half than the first half because. It might take a quarter or two before he recognizes exactly what the defense is doing, and then he adjusts to it, and he he looks like the Joe Burrow, and then he's just got that kind of that closer mentality. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if they have over under numbers for halves. the The forty nine and a half seems low anyhow, but if if there's an over under number for the second half, I'd take the over on that because <laughs> I think this is going to be a fun second half, a lot of back and forth and probably last team with the ball wins. Yeah, we, uh, we'll we get that at live uh, at halftime, and we'll get a first-half number eventually. Not quite out there yet as yeah. you and I are sitting here recording this on Tuesday, but definitely something to think about. And again, I just hope it lives up to the billing because it's a, it's a fun real-life game. It's two very good teams. It has a lot of fantasy juice to it, so I hope it lives up to the expectations that we have going into this big game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. That is Jay Morrison. 
Bengals beat writer at The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at jmorrison, A-T-H-N. Of course, Bengals fans, you know this already, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. Hear that podcast growling, our Bengals podcast, one of the best team-focused podcasts that we have, regardless of sport, here at The Athletic. You can check that out with Jay and Paul Daner Jr. Jay, thanks again for being with us on the Fantasy Football Pod. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right, we have arrived at not only our final beat writer on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, but the final beat writer guest of this 2021 season. It is Daniel Popper, Chargers beat writer here at The Athletic. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, are you overwhelmed with this honor? You were our first, second repeat guest, and now here you are closing out the 2021 season for us. It is truly an honor. I did not know that I was going to be bestowed with this honor coming on the pod, but here I am as the final beat writer guest of the year, and wow, I'm over the moon. I can't, oh, even man. Put it, I can't even put it into words. We're having we're having a plaque and a certificate made up for you as we speak, so uh, oh be, on the, be on the lookout. <laughs> be on the wow. lookout for that. Uh, this, this is, is tremendous. You know, I mean, this is just this is the team you cover, a team that uh, has plenty of fun fantasy guys to talk about and has had a lot of different things to talk about. I mean, that's true of plenty of teams. Plenty of teams have multiple fun fantasy guys to talk about, but their situations are a little bit more stable over the season than we've seen with the Chargers and going into Week 17, no different. Let's talk about Justin Jackson here because over the last two weeks, he's looked pretty darn good. Two weeks ago, he was playing in a secondary role to Austin Eckler, who is dealing with an ankle injury, did well in that role. Last week, he was playing in a primary role because Eckler was on the COVID list. We're expecting Eckler back this week, correct? Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, but has Jackson played in, played well enough over these last couple of weeks to carve out a meaningful role for himself alongside a healthy Eckler? Yeah, so Austin Eckler was activated off the COVID list on Monday, so he will be back this week. Now, Justin Jackson has played well, but I don't know if there's a ton of value in playing him in fantasy if Austin Eckler is back, because mm-hmm. if Austin is back, he's going to go back to that same role, of play, and especially with a week off, he's going to go back to that role of playing 65 70% of the snaps and being you know, that primary guy in the offense. I think, you know, the running back room for the Chargers hasn't really uh, unfolded the way the coaching staff wanted. Uh, They really wanted to have a rotation there in the backfield because Austin Eckler is a smaller player. Obviously, pound for pound is what they call him. You know, strongest guy pound for pound on the team, one of the strongest guy pound for pound in the league. But he's still, I mean, he's listed at 5'10", but he's he's not that. He's probably about 5'7". 200 and and his body takes a beating over the course of the season so ideally they would have had you know a trio of running backs sort of emerge that they could rely on but Justin Jackson you know was in and out with injuries Joshua Kelly hasn't really taken the step that they were looking for Larry Roundtree you know hasn't been able to be that bruising back that they were looking for so they've really had to rely on Eckler a lot more than they wanted um and and sort of if you know heading into this game if with a week off you know Eckler's gonna be feeling great I would expect him to get a lot of touches this is the back that they thought Justin Jackson could be if he was able to stay healthy, but he just hasn't been able to do that this season. So he will go back to you know the similar role that he's had in previous games where he's sort of a change of pace guy um, coming in there to spell back Eckler occasionally. But I would expect Eckler to be you know the workhorse in this game against the Broncos. Obviously, you are starting Austin Eckler. There's no question about that. You're starting him. You're super happy that he's back. It sounds like you don't have any real concern that Jackson is more of a thorn in the side of Week 17 Eckler than he was Week 1 through Week 14 Eckler. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I, I would say it's probably similar to you know the role that, Jack, that Jackson has had for, for most of the season. Like The problem is, 
um, you know, Eckler's such a big part of this offense, and and you kind of saw it in this in this game against the Texans. I looked it up last week. All seventeen of Eckler's touchdowns have come in the red zone this season. Oh wow! That yeah, like that is a remarkable stat because if you talk to people in the NFL, especially on the offensive side of the ball, like scoring in the red zone is the hardest thing to do as an offense and as a player, just because the field gets tight. You don't have the option of going deep over the top defenses can play more aggressively. And so it's really hard to score. And so the fact that a guy at that size can score 17 red zone touchdowns is pretty remarkable. And so they really rely on him in that, in that area. They had to settle for field goals against the Texans and ended up coming back to bite them. Um, so, you know, in the scoring zone, right, which is really key in fantasy, it's going to be Eckler. And so I would expect Jackson to sort of go back to the role that he had previously, which was, you know, sort of spelling Eckler occasionally and, um, you know, taking maybe 20%, 15% of the snaps in the game. You know, that brings us full circle to our first discussion on this fantasy football pod. I had you on, I want to say it was like maybe the third week of the season or so. And mm-hmm. at that point, it was third or fourth week, and the Chargers had huge yardage jumpers, huge yards per game, huge yards per play, huge yards per drive, just huge, huge, huge. And they were like 15th or something in the league in points scored. And we were asking you about that, and you were pointing to some fluky red zone things that were happening with this team early in the season that more or less seemed to have evened themselves out. But again, it's been a team that's been sort of up and down, and especially up and down relative to the talent that it has offensively. Um, how has that played out to you this season? Is it can you point a lot to to the team in the red zone and when they when they're going good, when they're going bad, it so goes how they go in the red zone? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive line, right? When they've been healthy on the offensive line, they've been able to pass protect and they've been able to get the running game going. That's obviously going to lead to a lot of success for your skill players and a lot of success for your quarterback, and they've just had a lot of moving parts on the offensive line. Obviously, Michael Schofield and Storm Norton are both backups on the right side. Corey Lindsley just missed last week against the Texans. Rashawn Slater missed the game um, because of COVID. Matt Filer injured his ankle, and Senio Calamete went in there for a game, and that didn't go too well. And so I think when you have that many moving parts in the offensive line and, and you struggle to find that continuity and you have a lot of backups playing, you're going to have some up-and-down games. And then they've just had some some – continue to have some sort of fluky stuff happen where, you know, penalties, uh, inopportune turnovers, that sort of thing that has sort of derailed drives. And then the other thing I would say is the margin for error offensively has been really small for this team this year. Um, opposing offenses and teams have really taken on the game plan of, of ball control to limit Justin Herbert's opportunities. And you sort of saw that come to fruition in this Texans game. The Chargers have sort of been uneven in run defense. So opposing Offenses have attacked that to try and control the ball. And so, you know, Justin Herbert and the offense end up with maybe seven chances with the ball in the game, eight chances with the ball in the game. And when you're limited in opportunities, those uh, mistakes and fluky plays can be magnified. And those turnovers can be magnified. And so, you know, you go into a game, you only have seven chances. If, if the offense isn't humming, um, you end up in a situation where if one or two or even three drives get derailed by a bad penalty or a turnover, your your opportunities are extremely limited to put up points. And I think that's been a strategy that that opposing teams have really used this year is like limit Justin Herbert's opportunities. The same kind of the same thing that teams try to do to the Chiefs, you know, right. limit the number of times that Patrick Mahomes touches touches the ball and you're going to give yourself the best chance to win. I think that's impacted sort of the consistency of the offense. But, but with that being said, they've still been you know, one of the best offenses in football and one of the most efficient offenses in football. The issues for the Chargers really have come defensively and on special teams this season. 
Well, we saw that the last time that the Chargers played the Broncos, who they will get again in Week 17, talking about ball control and keeping the ball away from Justin Herbert. 31 carries for Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams for 137 yards and a touchdown in that win for the Broncos uh, over the Chargers, uh, what, about a month or so ago, yeah, end of November. Uh, So uh, what are your expectations for the rematch between these two teams on Sunday? Yeah, I mean – any team that plays the Chargers from here on out, you know, two regular season games, and if they make the playoffs, like it's going to be attack this rush defense because even though they started playing better after the bye week, they're really prone to regression in that area if they don't have all their players. Um, you know, Justin Jones was out for this game and against the Texans, and they could not stop the run. They're down Joey Bosa, Kyler Fackrell's on IR, uh, Chris Rumpf, their third edge rusher. Um, was also on the COVID list. And so they're playing Kenneth Murray out there and they just didn't have the horses up front to stop the run. And, and like if Rex Burkhead at 31 years old in his ninth season can go off for 145 <laughs> yards, like what can Javante Williams do to this run defense? So the Chargers are hoping like hell that they get Justin Jones back. If you look at the splits EPA wise, when he's on the field versus off the field in the rush defense, it's pretty wild. Um, just a massive swing. Like, you know, they're, they're a positive rush defense. It's pretty, pretty, you know, sizably positive with Justin Jones on the field, with him off the field, they're a negative rush defense. So the swing is massive when he's not out there. He got placed on the COVID list late last week, so it'll be tight as far as whether he can be back. But that's what I expect. The Broncos are going to run it down their throat. I expect any team that plays the Chargers from here on out to try and run it down their throat. And that obviously affects all parts of the team because if if the opposing offenses are controlling the ball, it'll limit the number of opportunities that the Chargers have offensively. And then obviously Justin Herbert threw two picks in that game, um, didn't have his best game against Vic Fangio's defense you know those guys with with the with the talent they have in the secondary are going to come out and really make things difficult on your quarterback so I, you know i don't love the matchup at this point for the chargers but as we've learned with this team they'll go from you know a game like they had against the texans and then they'll come out and drop a 40 burger and out of nowhere and then you're like what is what is this team and that's been my struggle this entire <laughs> season <laughs> i mean what that, that's basically that that I think that sums up the last 10 years of Chargers football (laughs) is is what is this team. And it's yet another season here, a huge game for the Chargers as they hope to get into the playoffs. Definitely feel like this is one that they absolutely have to have against the Broncos. And any game that this team plays when you're talking about that high-end talent is a big one for us in the fantasy world as well. That's Daniel Popper, the number one A-plus guest on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast for these Beat Writer shows. Daniel, thanks again for being with us on the Fantasy Football Pod one last time looking forward to defending my title in 2022 (laughs) thanks for having me okay and with that sign off from daniel popper that's going to do it for this episode of the athletic fantasy football podcast and as i said right at the top as we've been talking about a little bit the final beat writer episode of this 2021 season we love doing this episode we are the only podcast we are the only organization that covers fantasy football in this in-depth way that can also bring you these beat writers week in and week out with their on the ground expertise as to what's going on with this team so we really love doing it we think it's unique we think it's a differentiator we hope you love listening to these episodes as well we hope that they have helped you make decisions whether they be trade decisions waiver decisions starts at decisions we certainly hope that they have helped you on your quest to win a fantasy football championship so we want to say thank you to all of you who've been joining us on these Tuesdays of course thank you to our beat writers who joined us on this episode as well Daniel Popper 
Jay Morrison, and Bo Wolf. I am Michael Beller signing off one final time on Tuesday for the 2021 NFL season. We still have plenty of pods left in this feed for you the rest of the way, and we're not going anywhere. We'll give you a little bit of a programming update, but we're not going anywhere in the offseason or in the playoffs for that matter. It's going to be a little bit different of a schedule, but we want to say thank you again for listening. Thank you to our beat writers all season long. Think it's great. Love having you here. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.